thing I won't forget. <laughs> you would think, being my age, you told you'd learn better. Luke 22. They asked 
asked him, where do you want us to prepare it? He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar will meet you. Follow him to the house where he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asked, where is the guest room? Where am I, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again until the fruit of the vine and give it to them, saying, This is my body, which I am pleased with. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. Now, there's a big question that came to my mind, and I didn't know what this question had to do with the scripture until the last few weeks. What kind of church will we be from this season going forward? What are we seeing? What do we want God to show us? I read this and I liked it, so I'm going to read it to you. These are extraordinary days. This is from another pastor. We could never have conceived even a few months ago that we would be living in this new reality. While we know that they will not last forever, these days of the virus will in many ways define us for the generation to come. They will define us as individuals, as families, as businesses, as cities, as states, as nations, and they will define the church in ways we could never have imagined sitting here, at home, wherever we're at. The question that we must ask then ourselves, what's he talking about? What kind of church does he expect us to be? And 99% of this, every one of you already know. But you know what? It doesn't do too bad to remind you once in a while. It did me good to be reminded what God really wants. As I reflected on these verses, it seems to me that in so many ways Jesus was speaking directly to those disciples. And if you're his disciple, he's speaking to you this, this morning. He wants you to know. He wants you to hear. He wants you to understand that we are something more than just doors and a sign on the street. The church is the movement of God. And we don't always move with God. Amen? Well, some of you believe that. The rest of you, hold on. You'll find some more stuff. Months before this virus became a reality to us, the Lord began to impress on me. Ken, what I want from you is that what I want from my church. I want dependency. I want intimacy. Not, now I lay me down to sleep and go to sleep. That's not devotions. That's not reading the word very well. But he wants us to have that. He wants us to be part of that. 
believe God caused this pandemic that's going on. I don't believe that. But I will tell you this, what I do believe, he doesn't want to waste it either. Boy, the church of Jesus Christ needs to come alive. We've played around and played around all too long. We need to be what God wants us to be. And that's what I get from the scripture when I start reading it three weeks ago. But what I really believe is that every person sitting here in this parking lot, every church that's having services in this city, he is telling them, you need to start calling on me. Not calling on your wisdom, not calling on your ways of doing things, not arguing with me. Call on me, wait for me, I will talk to you. And we forget that. We forget that as a church. See, God wants to move on us. God is able if we won't get in the way. He's able to move. He's able to change people's lives if we don't get in the way. We sometimes get in the way. We make a roadblock for God, not a freeway to get through. A couple of weeks ago, I was asked by some people in the Pomo uh, if I would come and join them because there was going to be a protest and they wanted prayer and they wanted protection and they wanted all this stuff. I said, sure, I'll do it. So they said, 115. Okay, I'll be there. I got there, 115. And I'm looking around where I'm supposed to meet, and I'm saying, well, if there's a protest, where are the protesters? Where are the people protecting? Where? What's going on here? And the lady came out of the church, and she says, I am sorry, they changed the date, but didn't have your phone number. Time. And I said, it's all right. So two ladies were there and me. And I looked down the thing, and there's some security guys. There's a fire truck. Here's the VFW. Here's the what, little stores that are over there on that side of the freeway for Napomo. And they were all closed up. One was actually putting paper on his windows so nobody could look in. And so I said to these ladies, hey, let's go down and pray with these guys. If they'll let us, you know, I'm not going to barge you and say, hey, you, you've got to let me pray or else. No, I'm not going to do that. So I got there. And the two security ones that I ran into first, I said, would you mind if we prayed for you, for your protection, for the protection of this city? Would you mind? That one guy, he was this wide, and it wasn't fat, it was muscle. He had on armor plate, and I thought, good night, he, he's thinking there's going to be a war. Little Napomo. And he come over and he put his arm around me and those women. Please pray for us. We're tired of losing people. We're tired of having this stuff go on. Please pray for peace. So we did. Each of the ladies prayed and I prayed. We got through there and he says, wait a minute, I got a partner over here. He needs prayer. So we found his partner and we prayed. Then went down to the VFW, about 12 men. And I said, would you mind if we prayed for your group, for veterans? And I said, bring them all out. And this guy, I don't think he knew how to spell God's name. He said, hey, you dummies, get out of here. We got prayer coming. Whoa. Okay. 
God will move. God will make a difference. If we don't prevent it. So many times, what do we do? We prevent it. We stop it. We keep him tied up. As mighty, as mighty as God is in his ability, he won't force himself on us. He will love us. He will care for us. He will find people to speak into our lives. And that's where these disciples were going. They were going there. Remember the dining that went on. The custom back then was, if you, you know, before you do all this, you wash someone's feet. And Jesus was there and all, all the ones with him and not one of them offered. They all went around, sit down. Whoa, let's, let's sit down, man. We're going to eat. Let's sit down. And Jesus said, wait a minute. I got to teach you guys something. So what did he do? Took off his outer garment, wrapped the towels around him, got a bucket of water and started washing feet. He showed them. This is what I want my church to be, a church that cares for one another, a church that allows me to work in their lives, a church that listens to me, a people that aren't afraid or ashamed of me. Now I know a lot of people probably will have problems with this part. See, I'm one of those guys, even though I'm 72 years old, I'm one of those guys. I'm from the old school and I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm not ashamed of you perennials. We need some youngins to step up and be what God wants them to be in the church. But it talks everywhere I read about the Last Supper, the Last Supper, the Last Supper. And I started thinking, Lord, this was really the first supper. This was really the first supper. You called them together for that reason. Now just imagine his table. <laughs> I can't imagine this, but my mind just went crazy on this one. It's a magnificent table. It's so immense, so immense, so big that everybody sitting here and everybody in Santa Maria, California could sit around it. That's how big God is. That's how he cares for us. And he says, when you sit around this table, I'll be speaking. But I'm not, then I'm thinking, okay, if I'm at this end and that table's three miles up the road here, how am I going to hear anything? gave me something. He said, when you trust in me, no matter where I'm at, you will hear me. No matter where you're at, you will hear me. I will be there helping you. But you have to listen. You have to listen. Now, at that supper, one of the, John was on one side of Jesus. Guess what? He didn't even leave Judas out of it. Judas was on the other side of it. He served John. He served Judas the same way he served everybody else. Yet, they weren't listening. They weren't grabbing hold of what was going on. Church, this is a table that we are invited to even today. Wherever he's at, where his people are at, we are invited to come to that table. The invitation is come just as you are. Dirty feet, smelly feet, hair blowing all over the place. Come. He's no respecter of persons. He wants to show us who God is. And he didn't judge them. 
as he washed their feet, he didn't say, you should have been doing this. This is not my job. You should have been doing this. And how often we take his love and proclaim it, but forget it, not just on Sunday. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. To those that are less fortunate, judge God is. God cares for us. To come, you bring all your brokenness to the table. Everything. Your dirty feet. Wanting to receive from him something special. And he says, I will do it. I will do it. No ands, if, or buts about it. But there was something else important that came from this. It's a table, as the Apostle Paul described, that calls us to examine ourselves so we might eat in a worthy manner. I've had people over my career say, well, I can't hear God. I can't see God. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? And God is just wanting to say, would you listen to me just a minute? I'm going to use this to help you. I'm going to use this to draw you closer to me. I'm going to use this to make a difference in your life, in your work, in your community. I'm going to do that. But you've got to listen. And you may not hear him today. It may be tomorrow. It may be the next day. But he says, I will talk to you. And have we come to that point in our life yet? Lord, I'm going to wait till you say something. I'm not going to jump the gun and cause people hurt or damage. I like Psalm 139. It's a great prayer for all of us to cry out. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me and lead me and lead me in the way of everlasting. The problem is we don't give God time to work. <laughs> we just don't. We don't give God the time that he needs to work. And he wants to work. Just think, the table is spread for you this morning. Come to the table. Come to the table. Somebody asked me, were we going to have communion today? No. Because this message had communion written all over it, but at the same time, it wasn't what God wanted to get across. He wants us to come to the table. That means voluntarily take the step and say, Lord, I will walk with you no matter what. I will stand for you no matter what. A few years ago when I with the police department of Dinuba, California, one of the sergeants, and I won't give his name, he, he came to me one night said, hey, Ken, I want to get married. I said, you're already married. Yeah, but I want to get married. No, you're already married. You didn't hear me. I heard you. You're not hearing me. You are already married. I can't do it. I won't do it. Because it's not of God. He kind of stomped in his office and shut the door. Didn't see much of him that night.
We got two fish, five loaves of bread, and thousands of people. How are we going to do this? Jesus said, have you forgotten? I'm the multiplier. I'm the multiplier. Not you. I didn't ask you to multiply it. I just asked you to be a host. To be a host. To show people God's love and care. So no, I'm not going to send them away. I want you to have them sit down right now, and I'm going to bless this stuff, and you're going to bring food back so you guys can take it with you when you go. I'll tell you, the Bible's full of this stuff. And all we want to talk about is the theology of it. What the practicality of it. See, he is enough for anything we got going on in our life. He's enough, folks. When we are dependent on him, and dependency means being influenced or controlled by another. Who's the another for you and I? Jesus! He's the other. Support of others. Who are the others? Look around at the church Your pastors. Your parents. Trust and reliance of one another. Working together. Look at John 15, 8. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is my, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. I've always imagined, and I probably shouldn't because it, it, it destroys my thinking once in a while, that I look at something and I say, Lord, why didn't I speak your love to that person? And if they come to heaven and I'm standing there, they're going to say, he was there, but he never told me. He's a tattletale. God already knows it anyway. choose this day, this very moment to receive the grace offered to us by coming to the table. We can embrace and live all that he means when we come to the table. Otherwise we can't do it, church. We can't do it. Jesus invited us to the table. He's inviting us this morning to come to his table, to be what he wants. We don't want to be a church of the old school just making new things happen. We want to be a church of today that reaches out and forgets about what didn't happen. And God, what can we do to make it happen? That's where it's all from. And that's what we need. There's going to be a glorious reunion someday. A glorious reunion. I had someone the other day say, boy, got a lot of people dying. Yeah, but if they know Jesus, they're alive and well, folks. They're better off than we are. They're alive and well. They've gone. They've got their home. They're there. See, Jesus' invitation is not to sit and soak in the water. Boy, we do that a lot in the church, don't we? We sit there. Oh, this is good. I like it. This is wonderful. Fantastic. But then we just sit back and put our feet in the water and say, Ah, send somebody else. I can't do that. How do you know you can't? Have you tried? Come to the table. Come to the table. We need to be inviting ones. We need to get to God's table so he can show us who we can invite, who he can come with us to reach out to. See, the good news is this. When you come to the table, you extend his love and his grace to somebody else. Rather you pray with them that night, or, but if you give thanks for the food, if you just have good good, good fellowship and play good games and have fun and treat them like they're human beings, guess what? God will bless that. 
and guess what? They will come back to you before they will to a church. Because they see, they saw that in you. Ask the Lord to show you. Ask the Lord to show you what you can do for Him by coming to the table. By coming to the table. Since Jesus came into my heart. And the one phrase I put, there's five verses that I'm not going to read. 
possessed with a hope that is steadfast and sure. Boom! You can take it to the bank. Since Jesus came into my heart, and no dark clouds of doubt now mine pathway obscure. None! Since Jesus came into my heart. And then the chorus is simple. Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy o'er my soul, like the sea bills roll, since Jesus came into my heart. That's going back to the table. That's going where God is. That's going where He can talk to you and use you. In closing, yeah, you're right, I had white paper, green paper, I got all kinds of paper. But in closing, church, let's become strong and become His influencer. You know what would happen if every church in our city, I don't care what the name of the door, I don't care where the pastor is, but if every church in our community, those who are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, would just start influencing their neighborhoods at work. Sergeant Canales was with the police department in Dinuba. He was as big as he was tall. siege or six or seven of them that even though he was as big as he was he wasn't going to take them down by himself and he said guys Ken's here I thought oh brother that's what I need an announcement like that and lo and behold it's out and says hey who's the ringleader of this bunch calls him over there he said this guy's a pastor he knows God. And he's going to pray that God gets you. Whoa! I looked at him and I said, Sarge, I can't demand God get somebody. He said, well, just pray it that way. That way they'll go home. And so that's okay. i got to go back to the car just for a minute. Just for a minute, Lord. I'll be all right. Just for a minute. And I go back and I, I turn my back. I said, Lord, 
I don't mean to hurt you or cause you to think I don't love you anymore, but you heard what the sergeant wants. Can I do that? Can I do that, really? I never got an answer. I never got an answer. I waited finally. Sergeant Canales says, Childress, get over here. It's midnight. Get over here. Come back over there. And I was talking to the ringleader of the bunch. I said, listen, I don't want to make God a bad guy. And if I pray that prayer, you're going to think he's a bad guy. Why don't you just take your crew and bring them over here, and I'll just pray for God to watch out over you. <laughs> he said, our people don't believe in God. We're Catholics. Okay. I didn't know that. Thank you for the update. Lo and behold, the five or six young people came over. And I said, let's get in a circle. They said, we're not going to hold hands, are we? Well, I planned on it. We're not going to hold Oh, no, we, you know, we're tough. If somebody drives by, they're going to think we're wusses. Well, you know what? Let them think what they want. Let's just do this. Be a quickie, quickie, quickie prayer. Lord, would you bless? And I called their names out. And Lord, would you watch over them and help them to realize what they are doing in their community isn't helping one bit. Amen. Of course, the sergeant, they're going to be right back. Do you know what happened that following Tuesday? The ringleader walked in the police department and said, Is Ken Childress on duty? Well, no. But he will be tomorrow. Okay. He came back and he said, I just want to tell you thank you. Thank you. That you didn't make us feel belittled or lower. I said, God loves you. He loves you 100%. Doesn't like what you're doing, but he loves you. That's what going to the table does. See, when we come to the table, I close with this. God wants to show us His abundance, His authority, His blessing, His comfort, His direction, His faithfulness, His generosity, His glory, His love, His patience, His plan for your life, His pleasure, His power, His presence, provision, strength, supremacy, and his sacrifice. He wants to show us all that he can. He said, and it's not just for me, Jesus said, it's for you if you come to the table. I will help you find all of this. Well, guys, I hope you got something out of it. I, as, I, as I told the pastor, God gave me this for a reason, and now that you need to take a little vacation, that's not a reason enough. Uh, but will you promise God something today? When you go home, whether you've got a family or an individual by yourself, will you go to your table and talk to God? Will you ask Him? Lord, show me something. I just want to be all that you want me to be. Folks, that's all God's ever asked of us. He's never demanded anything from us that he cannot help us do. And he's asking us to be all that he wants us to be right now. Father, we thank you this morning. We could come to the table 
time communion goes on, we can come to your table because your table is spread with all the joy, all the happiness, all the learning, all the strength, all the victory, all of everything. And you will speak to us individually when we're at the table. So God bless us. Go with us. Use us, I pray this day, to be a mighty, mighty, mighty man, woman, teenager, whatever person of God. And instead of judging people, we will love people. We will care for people as you continually care for us. So bless us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before you go, the Bible study is on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock back in the conference room starts up next week. So if you'd like to come, we invite you to come and be a part of it. Talk to Gene. He's right back there. He can tell you what's going on, what's happening. Also, I want just to acknowledge, I know that if he found out I was doing this, he'd probably have a fit and kick me. But Jim again, you know, works in trees. Take care of trees. These three trees right here were such a mess. And yesterday he came out and did all this for the church. All for the glory of God. Working it out. And last but not least, continue to pray for Bill McGinty. They gave him that test, and they said that he's got the virus, but he has no symptoms. And his roommate's already been moved out, so it's just him in the room now, in the nursing home. But pray for him to have peace, to have comfort. Pray for Jim, his son, who hasn't been able to see his dad since the 1st of March. Except through a window on a flip phone. That's it. These are just some needs that are out there. And believe me, if you go to the table, I think God will show you what you can do. You can send a card. You can call on his flip phone. And pray with him over the flip phone. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus spoke to you today. 